Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by Spreaker. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi, and he is John English, the Germs guy. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Mr. Zog, and thank you. And I have no one to introduce today, so it's just the two of us. Yeah, and our best goes out to Devin. I know. Yeah, I I wish he could be here this morning, but uh, Devin, we'd miss you. We love you, and uh, we'll catch you the next time around. Um. So let's jump in. Let's jump into things. Might as well. We got a yeah. got a few things to talk about today. Uh, right off the top, we want to hit on Donovan, don't we? Yeah. Uh, Thursday, Patrick Kinahan reported that the deal to trade Donovan was pretty much done. They were just working out some details, and those details never quite got ironed out because, as we are recording on Sunday, Donovan Mitchell is still a member of the Utah Jazz. Yes, he is. And I just, and we were talking before we started recording, I'm, the longer this drags out, the more I'm inclined to believe that Donovan stays with the Jazz, and I'm perfectly okay with that. And it sounds like Donovan's camp is okay with that, and it sounds like Danny Ainge is okay with that. And I just think they're, I don't think the asking price is too high. I just don't think New York wants to part with the items that they have. And unfortunately, you know, it's funny, we get the back and forth between New York fans and jazz fans and whatnot about who has the most leverage. And I, I think it's a, a foregone conclusion and, and jazz fans and even media alike know the jazz have all the leverage here. And if New York wants Donovan, they'll pay. If they don't, then the jazz are content keeping him and they've got plenty of time ahead of them to trade him if they needed, if they felt the desire to, and then if they were going to get their asking price, otherwise it's, it's business as usual. Yeah. Yeah, whoever has the star player has the leverage, and they can name their asking price, and if the other team doesn't want to do it, then then most teams are content to just keep their stars. And it's not just Donovan. You know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both said that they'd like to uh, be moved from the Nets, and neither of their wishes have come true yet. This this summer has been weird. There was a, there was a lot of movement in the first couple days. The Rudy Gobert trade was fairly early in the free agent season. And then everything just kind of ground to a halt once Kevin Durant requested a trade. And so we haven't had that much movement since. And I'm inclined to think that maybe as we get to September, the guys that the Jazz got from the Timberwolves is when they're eligible to be traded. So it wouldn't surprise me if we do have some more trades that happen a lot later than we're used to. But I just find it odd that the Jazz were this close to a trade that wound up not happening so you know new york can say fine we'll walk away and jazz will say fine we still have our perennial all-star on our team and you know see what see what the fall holds i think the jazz are fully prepared to start the season with donovan still on the team 
I think so too. And it, it's interesting. New York's going to walk away with this. They, they're off season. They were set to get a star. That's what they wanted to do. They pick up Jalen Brunson, not a star. Like, let's be honest. He's not an all-star. He's not a, a superstar caliber player. And the one guy they can get, they're not willing to pay for. So I would consider that a fail on New York's part, honestly. Um, but when it comes down to it, like you're right. Uh, all of these trades took place. Honestly, um, Rudy Gobert really set the tone. That trade really set the tone for the entire offseason of trades right now. And, you know, I, I, I'm i okay with Donovan staying with the Jazz, too. And I think that I think it's going to work out just fine. And it, there's one guy I noticed the other day that seems to be garnering attention on the trade market that the Jazz have, and that's Vanderbilt. I don't know how much those are rumors, but usually where there's conversation like that, there's some truth to it. Oh, I think there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, Vanderbilt, he's he's like a 6'9 Royce O'Neal. Uh, not an outside shooter like Royce. Royce can hit the three. But he's he's a very good interior defender, and he's just the type of guy that every team wants. He seems like, he seems like a poor man Pat Williams, really. I, th- I think Pat Williams is going to be an eventual star if he can just stay healthy. And Vanderbilt seems to already be that that perfect complimentary piece to everyone on offense. He doesn't need the ball that much. He can, if you get it to him close enough to the rim, he'll put it down, but he's mainly there as, as your defender. And that's, that's a guy everyone's going to want. So I'm not surprised that everyone's been asking about him. He has a really good contract too. So yeah, I can see it. I personally hope they don't trade him. He seems like, you know, he's young and he's the kind of piece that you would hope to draft at number 20 anyway so why not just keep him rather than trading him for a pick and hope that that pick winds up being as good as he is oh i completely agree and i hope the jazz keep him as well i mean offensively obviously there's some some things you you know you'd love to see improve and get better and maybe he can but but uh, from a defensive standpoint he's everything you wanted at the wing position and he's everything you wanted to be able to guard and, and multiple players on the floor so I hope they keep him as well. I think it would be an added uh, added bonus and added feature on the, on the Jazz squad, especially with the new coach. And I'm really excited to see what the coach does with with uh, everything that, that they have. But we just need to see what team they're going to have before we know. Yeah. So. Speaking right. of coaching. Uh, yes. Jazz added Jason Terry to the coaching staff. Yes, they did. Um. And then, you know, I'm I'm thrilled about that idea, honestly. Yeah, I'd forgot when they made the announcement, I had forgotten at one point that the Jazz had signed Jason Terry as a restricted free agent. I think it was Dallas and then Dallas matched. But yep. Jet was really close to becoming a Jazz player. Now he's going to be a Jazz assistant. I think that's pretty cool to to get that experience. He's, he hasn't been out of the league that long. I think his last year was four years ago. So I I think it'll be cool that he's going to be on the sidelines there. And I also think it's cool that um, of the remaining assistant coaches who hadn't moved on after Quinn quit, that they've all been retained. Alex Jensen, Lamar Skeeter, Mike Wells, and one other one whose name just slipped me. They're they're all going to be part of the staff next year. Agreed. You mentioned somebody else in our notes, Simone. Simone Fontecchio. He is their free agent signing. Player from Italy, 6'7", really good outside shooter. Um, considered the best international small forward prospect out there that teams could grab for a free agent, and the Jazz got him. You know, they, they needed they needed that size. Um, they, needed, they needed some shooting, and they got it. And 
you know, whether or not Donovan gets moved, that's a good piece to have on your team. And so, you know, everything sounds good. I, you know, all I could look up is stats and highlights, but it looks like it's it's going to be a really good signing that he's a really good guy to have off the bench. You know, I had a conversation with someone last night, and, and it's just they're, they're oogling over the idea that we're bringing him in. And one of the things that they talked about is um, – we, we were talking a little bit about the Spurs model, you know, building around David Robinson. You bring in Tim Duncan as the number one draft pick, and then you build around Duncan. One of the pieces that the Spurs brought in is a player that this guy reminds them of. Um, somebody mentioned that that they think, you know, they this guy reminds them a lot of Mano Ginobili. That's a very cool comparison. Um, I'm not going to get my hopes up that high. Um, he's, he's 26, so he's, he is who he is now, but he shot 42% from three last year. Um, yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just shooting, shooting lights out like that. If he can defend as well. Um, yeah, if he can give you even in, even a percentage of a Manu Ginobili production, you've picked up a pretty decent guy. So, yeah. Um, sounds like that's it for the jazz news. I can't think of anything else on the jazz front. Um, did you go to any summer league games? I went to one. Um, honestly, it was fun atmosphere, but I could care less about what took place on the floor. There was a couple of players that did impress me. I wish I could remember names. Um, he was a, he was a forward. Um, oh my goodness. Do you, well, I swear, like, I swear he wore like number fifty-five or something. He was, he was a pretty decent guy. Had a defensive side of the boat, and and then on the offense, he played really well. But he had a couple blocks in the game that I was watching. Yeah, they had. Uh, I don't know what forward would have impressed you. Maybe Jordan Usher. No, and maybe it wasn't. Oh, a forward. fifty-five. It, it, no, it was it was uh, Bruno Caboclo. Yeah, he. I think that's him. And I think I'm not the only one he impressed. I think he's, no, yeah, yeah. He, got, he got the attention of a lot of people. I really like him. And if the Jazz could bring him on, I, I think that would be a nice pickup. I, I, it was funny when you're in the arena, too. People were calling for Taco Fall to play. And honestly, um, I can see why that guy doesn't have an NBA career. Yeah, I can, too. I mean, he's 7'6", <laughs> he's and, you know, he, he does some things that are like he dribbled the I remember him dribbling the ball from coast to coast. That was like, oh, my God. I'm just, like, wincing. I'm like, pass the ball. This looks unnatural. But he dribbled it all the way down. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He, he and he can block shots. But oftentimes he would just let guys get to the rim. And then he would he, – he's a he's a towering man among, among smaller guys. And some of the smaller guys would still out-rebound him. I just – the guy's energy just didn't seem to really impress me all that much. And – you know, he ran coast to coast dribbling the ball, but when it came down to it uh, in the fast break, he never got back. Didn't seem to care. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have uh, the instincts, the the anticipation that you need. No. Um, no. So Johnny Juzang signed a two-way deal. He was a six-six guard. He looked okay in summer league. Um, Xavier Sneed is still out there. They could give him the other two-way. They seem to be holding off on that right now. Um, of the games I watched, uh, Jared Butler, I was hoping that he would shine a little more than he did. He had some good games. His shooting wasn't great, and that's kind of a knock with him. Is 
you know, he needs to not dribble too much and he needs his, his shooting needs to improve. Um, he's a good shooter in college. It just, you know, I, it's there. I'm just waiting for it to actually show up in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. And he had some flashy, decent moments in summer league, but it really, like you said, we expected more and we didn't really get it. But I, I and I think he's going to get a lot more playing time this year uh, as as an NBA player for the Jazz. And that might be good for him because it would allow him to get some more in-game experience. And maybe he will hit more shots because he'll get more comfortable with playing. Yeah. Um, so where the Jazz stand right now, they, they have a fairly full roster if they're keeping all the Minnesota guys. Um, I can't see them keep – I mean, even if they keep Donovan – I mean, I'd like them to keep Pat Beverly if they keep Donovan, but I just can't see it unless unless some other trade happens where it makes sense. You know, if, if the Jazz figure out a way to trade Conley and Gay and only get a couple players back doing that, then maybe they do that in a way that strengthens the team and Pat Bev can stay. My, my guess is that um, they still wind up trading Beverly, if not in the fall, then early in the season to some contender who could use him. Agreed. Um, and yes, please on Rudy Gay. I expected so much more of him. And now that we've heard some, some, uh, things that have gone on behind the scenes, I'm ready to move him already. Yeah. It's really ironic that George Ning basically lost out on getting re-signed with the jazz because of his performance in the playoffs. But if the jazz had just given him the contract that Philly gave him instead of Rudy Gay, I feel like the season would have gone so much better. Um, he, he would have been able to get off the bench. He would have been a much better guy in the locker room. And it just seems like if he could have still still been around in that locker room and just tried holding people together, I feel like that would have led to more wins. I just It just seems like the whole season, and it's amazing to me how important stuff like that is. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, you know, he, he's good on the floor. His defense was questionable, but defense of everybody was questionable. Um. But man, that that's a that's a timeline I wish I could go back and watch. Is what if the Jazz had not signed Rudy Gay? What if they had just kept Yang instead, and did all the other changes they did? How much different would the season have looked? Well, to keep Derek Favors too, for that matter. If you could have found a way to do so, obviously his contract was bad. He was making too much, but if they could have kept him, that would have been fun as well, and probably could have changed the landscape of things. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I think Whiteside was better on the floor in general. Yes. But locker room wise, I I didn't hear anything bad about Whiteside in the locker room. It's just that Favors was the positive. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, that's Jazz. Let's move on to some NBA conversation. All right, so DeAndre Ayton, he wanted a max deal. Phoenix said no. He played another year. Phoenix still wouldn't try to sign him to anything, so he had to go out and get his own deal. Um, he wound up getting it Phoenix matched like within an hour. But I wonder how that is for the locker room that that the Suns, you know, the owner's stingy and the Suns made Aiden go out and get his own contract. He got it. The Suns are still supposed to be the front runner to get Kevin Durant, but I don't think they're going to be able to now. Yeah. And I don't really see where else Durant can go. I think Toronto still has enough pieces to get him, but they're not going to want to send Scotty Barnes. And Durant, even though he is amazing and he does still have a few years left, he is 34. I mean, you're only going to get, well, is that right? He's 34? Mm, I thought he was, 
let's see, he was drafted in 2010. Yeah, yeah. It's been 12 years. Yeah, yeah 34. Um, you know, you, you get a 34-year-old Durant, you're still going to get this guy. I think Durant still, as long as he's healthy, he still has at least two more years in the, making the All-Star team and just looking great and everything. Um, you know, he averaged 29.9 points last year. He's still just a stud, but, you know, the mentality... <laughs> There's the mentality, and you just don't really know how healthy he's going to be. He played 55 games last year. He played 35 the one before that. He missed the entire season before that. Um, when he plays, he's on. How long is he going to play, though? And, you know, how much are you going to give up for him? I understand why teams are, are going to say, we will offer you all these things for Kevin Durant. But if we already have a young stud that we think is going to be like a six, seven time all-star and Scotty Barnes, we're not going to include him. We'll include everybody else. Uh, there aren't that many teams left that I think are looking for that. So right. I think, I think Durant winds up staying with the nets. Kyrie, I think the nets would be more willing to move and see what they could get. But you know, what are they really doing? They're, they're moving Kyrie to free up cap space, but right. They don't actually have that much room once he leaves because of the contracts of everybody else. So mm -hmm. they're stuck. No. Everybody's stuck. I agree. Even, and back, even Westbrook looks stuck on the Lakers. Yeah, no kidding. They're going to have to run it back. That'll be interesting. Um, I, I even looking back on the Aiton deal, it reminds me a lot of the Hayward situation with the Jazz. Does it really? Mm -hmm. Does it really change the trajectory of Aiton? Does he really decide maybe he doesn't want to stay in Phoenix because they didn't value him enough? And and it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years with him. Yeah. So, um, anything else in the NBA? I'm trying to think if there's any other. Oh, did you see, and this is Utah Jazz as much as NBA. Did you see some of the video footage from some pickup ball that's going on with Donovan and the number one, number one overall pick? I saw that. Yeah. Um, you know, Donovan gets a dunk, gets past him, says, welcome to the NBA. And then I think much more is made of, of, uh, things than needed. The, uh, uh, the the situation where, and I forget the number one pick's name. I can't even pronounce it. What was oh, it? Banchero. Uh, yeah. It, it's interesting to me that you show him hitting shot after shot after shot over Donovan. And people are making a big deal of the fact that Donovan's not a good defender. And see, look, he's not. Number one, it's a pickup game. And number two, the guy's what? Four inches, five inches taller than Donovan. I, I almost expect him to make sure. Yeah, eight, eight inches taller than Donovan, nine inches. But of course he's going to hit shots over Donovan. Doesn't mean Donovan's a bad defender. It means Donovan's matched up against a guy that's just too tall for him. Yeah. So I just think I think that people are making much ado about nothing. I just think it's fun to watch a pickup game. I think it's fun to watch uh, some of these guys having some fun, Donovan having some fun. It, it just really is kind of fun to go in and watch some of it. Yeah. So. Um, gosh, any, any other NBA news? I can't think of anything. Not really. Everything just kind of ground to a halt after yeah. Durant. Yeah, it did. All right. Well, let's move on from that to, uh, we're going to hit pop culture because Devin is not here. So we can't hit Devin's quick hits and I can't think of any, well, okay. Not Devin's quick hits. Cause he's not here, but let's touch really quick. Some college football. Have you kept up on what's going on? With the conference realignment stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, but now there's more conversation. I was just talking with somebody about last night about Notre Dame 
wanting to to sign a deal with the ACC, but because of TV deals, uh, TV situation, that they might end up not doing so and that it would be a better fit with either the Big Ten or Big 12. Uh, the whole Notre Dame-BYU thing has been kind of a, a situation, too, that's kind of blown up a little bit. Um, I don't know if you've heard a little bit about that. I'm still kind of in the background kind of trying to understand that a little bit. No, I haven't heard about that, but I, I find it really interesting that I mean, BYU and Utah very well could wind up in the same power conference after all. Which I think is great, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good. I mean, I the rivalry, you know, it's it's had its years. Utah dominated for a long time, and then, you know, BYU finally got a win, and, and it's always kind of just been there lurking. It's like one of the biggest rivalries in the nation, and it would be only fitting that they could be back in, the, in a power conference where – the rivalry really means something every year besides what it means in the state. You know, I, I, I would really enjoy it winding up that way that, you know, Pac-12 winds up sinking, Utah winds up in the Big 12, and Big 12 winds up being, you know, one of the big powers. I know SEC's number one, but then who's who's going to be the number two um, football conference? You know, right. it, could, it could be Big 10, it could be Big 12, it could be ACC, it depends how everything else lines up. Yeah, and it's crazy how the Pac-12 is just completely falling apart. Yeah. Uh, many people are blaming Larry Scott, and I think that's fair. I think um, people have wanted Scott out for a long, long time. Oh, He's been terrible. Absolutely. absolutely. So this is just another example of that. I still stand by a few weeks ago on this show where I mentioned that all of this mess happened and is made and is orchestrated, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, by the SEC. The SEC owns college football. They have all the money. They have all the power. They have everything. And I just think this whole debacle and this whole mess was created by the SEC originally, whether, like I said, whether intentionally or not intentionally. Obviously, I don't think it was intentional, but just everything they've done has hit domino after domino after domino. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. So, um. All right, that's enough for uh, alternate quick hits. So let's move over to pop culture. You saw a couple of things. I'm trying to think if I've even seen anything. I don't think that's anything to really talk about. But what did you see? I watched two Netflix movies since we last recorded. Uh, I watched The Man from Toronto, which is actually a pretty funny movie. It stars Woody Harrelson as an assassin who only goes by the name The Man from Toronto. And he's been hired to do this job, and his his specialty is um, torturing people and getting information out of them if he doesn't have to just kill them outright. And Kevin Hart plays this uh, this salesman who's just going out on vacation with his wife, and he winds up in the wrong place. They think Kevin Hart is the man from Toronto, and he just kind of has to fake his way through it to stay alive. And it, it it is pretty funny, and it and it's mostly because of the chemistry between those two. I really liked how Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson played off of each other. I laughed a few times, and I was I liked it a little more than I thought I would. So I, I think it's worth seeing. That's on Netflix. Yeah, the other one I watched was The Gray Man, which came out this week. It's directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, who did Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and it stars Ryan Gosling as this assassin. Hey, there's a theme. He's he's a off the books assassin for the CIA, and they hire him to do a job. And right after he gives the guy a fatal blow, he finds out that this guy is also an off the books assassin. 
And so now he's wondering if he's going to be next and there winds up being this big conspiracy going on. And so he has to go on the run. And then the CIA brings in Chris Evans, who is this just immoral guy that they know they can count on to do whatever it takes to hunt this guy down and kill him. And so there's a lot of cat and mouse stuff going on. There's a ton of action scenes. And it's one of those movies where, you know, the action scenes are well done. And maybe if I was in the theater, I would have found them a little more thrilling. But it just never really quite came alive for me. Um, and I was reminded that it is directed by the guys who did the the Avengers movies because it felt like the dialogue got really quippy in between action scenes. And I could, it was one of those movies where I just felt like I could see the formula as I'm watching it. And therefore, I could never really truly immerse myself in it. I mean, it was... Fine. I think a lot of people will enjoy it, but it's really more of a thumb sideways for me. So between the two, I actually like The Man from Toronto a little bit more. All right. So that's The Man from Toronto and The Gray Man. Yep. Okay. Well, I like I said, I have nothing to contribute that I've watched, but I do want to discuss some of the things coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Have you seen them? I've seen some stuff, Yes. Uh, uh, Wakanda Forever coming out November 11th this year. Um, the Multiverse Saga. Did you see that? I only saw the title. I don't know what that yeah, means. I only saw the title, too. And I'm just going to go down the list of titles. Um, Avengers Secret Wars. So we're going to have another Avengers. In fact, we're having two more. Yeah. Avengers Secret for, Secret Wars in due out November 7th of 2025. And the Avengers Kang Dynasty which I think a lot of people saw coming from Loki. Um, the K- Kang Dynasty out May 2nd of 2025. So we're still, they're still talking three years out. Um, it looks like uh, Disney and Marvel is going to go with a new Fantastic Four. Are, are we going to be okay with this? Or has Fantastic Four just been ruined? Because I think that Marvel's cinematic universe can fix whatever happened with the previous two. I agree. I mean, I look at it like I look at Spider-Man. You know, the Tobey Maguire one ran its course, Andrew Garfield ran its course, and then they had a third Spider-Man, and I think there was a lot of, really, a third Spider-Man? Right. But, that, but then when it came out, everyone's like, oh, this is cool, this worked, Tom Holland's is great. I think the same thing is going to be that way with Fantastic Four. Um, it's been a while, none of the none of the ones that have come before were that good, so I think I think people were will be perfectly willing to put their faith in an MCU Fantastic Four. Okay. And, you know, there, there are others. Kang is also going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, Quantumania. Right. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Marvels, The Blade movies finally coming out fall 2023. The Thunderbolts. Um, Thunderbolts. I'm interested to see what characters are going to be in that one. And Looks like they're going to bring back also uh, Charlie Fox and Vincent D'Onofrio for the Daredevil. Born Again, a new streaming uh, a streaming series coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I saw something about Charlie Cox is going to be in four Marvel projects. I'm like, oh, cool. Three of them are <laughs> animated, so it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, but but he reprises his role as Daredevil, which I think everybody loves. And, and that series, if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it on Disney+. Plus. It's good. Uh, Captain America, New World. Oh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Yeah. Should be interesting, too. Um. That's due out next year. Uh, Ironheart. I'm trying to think. You mentioned Blade, Loki, season two. Echo. Do you know anything about Echo? Yeah, Echo was a character who showed up in Hawkeye. Uh, Kingpin's deaf daughter who has oh. 
Oh, right. What, what was her power? I don't remember. That That's one where it's like, you know, they had the plan before the series even came out that she was going to get her own spinoff series, but I don't really remember that much of her part in it. So we'll, yeah, that's see, right. we'll see how that goes, but yeah. And that's due out next year. Yeah. Um, another there, one that they... I was going to say another one they mentioned. I don't know anything about Secret Invasion. Yes, that's the Samuel L. Jackson series that's going to be okay. on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be him and Talos. Uh, you know, he, he's been on the other side of the galaxy, and there's going to be something going on with that, with, you know, the way they can... What, what, is, what is the name of Talos's alien race? They, they can disguise themselves, and so there's going to be some yes. evil ones who are causing chaos that way. Okay, yeah, and I can't remember what their was name the was Scree? either. Was he a Scree? Is that what his um, race was? Yes, that sounds familiar. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, anyway. Well, um, go ahead. Yeah, there, there are some other projects that we know are coming that haven't been actually scheduled yet, like Deadpool 3, we know is coming, we just don't know exactly when. Uh, Shang-Chi 2 is going to be coming, and so there, there's a lot that are supposed to be planned. What I'm really curious about, um, the first Avengers movie that comes out in 2025, is how many characters from the Disney Plus series are going to be in that, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if... Moon Knight shows up in the movie. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kate Bishop shows right. up. Maybe she'll be in the Thunderbolts. You actually have the Thunderbolts sitting right there too, where you can you can take some of these characters and have them show up. Right. Yeah. So and, and I'm yeah I'm excited about that. I just just everything everything that they're throwing at us right now is exciting. I'm looking forward to the She Hulk that's coming out this next month. Yeah, that looks fun. Um. Hey. Did you notice what? Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, did you ever watch any more of Miss Marvel? I did not. Did you? No, I've only seen the first episode. I don't. It just didn't hook me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I, interested and in I've already got all. the spoilers on the series finale, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll um, just watch the last episode. <laughs> so, uh, did you notice what's been added to Disney Plus? Uh, Logan and Deadpool one and two. Yep, just recently added. So. Uh, adding more of the adult-oriented uh, Marvel items that were, I thought, previously slated to be on Hulu. And they've been on Hulu, and now they're moving them to Disney+. Plus. It's very interesting to me that they're moving a lot of this stuff over to Disney+. Plus. I, I just hadn't anticipated it. But, um, by the way, I saw a one-shot the other day on Disney+, Plus with Agent, uh, is it, uh, is it Coulson? Colson, um, the guy that died in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a one shot where it was uh, it, something going after Thor's uh, so hammer. Did you see that one? Uh uh-uh. oh. So he doesn't get Thor's hammer, but it's just a scene in the gas station where he's in there buying something, and these two guys come in to rob the place, and he ends up he ends up kicking both of their butts, dropping them to the floor, paying for his item, and then leaving. <laughs> it, it was i mean i can't even think of the name of it and i'm trying to look for it and i can't find it but if you get a second i mean it's just what five minutes it's really brief because those one shots are fun to watch but <laughs> he just he just goes in there and just like it it takes him like 30 seconds and he's got both of them down on the ground knocked out and the girl the girl at the counter just looks at him like this guy just 
did this really like what the heck was that and and it's just kind of interesting it was funny to watch i don't know these one shots there's been a couple of one shots like the mandarin was a good one there's a couple others that have been really good to watch mm. so if you ever get a chance look out look up uh look up the one shots in disney plus it's, it's worth it i'm just i for the life of me can't remember the names of any of them and i'm still trying to look up as i'm as i'm trying to do this what does this say one shots uh so you have uh oh yeah it's a funny thing happened on the way to thor's hammer that's what it's called funny thing happened on the way to thor's, way to thor's hammer. hammer okay yeah and then there's a team thor a team daryl uh there's there's one called all hail the king which was the one with the mandarin in it which i found very interesting um there's another team thor it looks like there's th- there's a couple team thors there's agent carter real quick one there's the consultant which is another Coles agent colson um the one shots are really fun to watch they're only about the most looks like the two of them that are the longest are 14 and 12 minutes respectively um but the rest of them are well, no, it's in the 16 minutes for the Agent Carter, but the rest of them are about four to seven minutes apiece. So it's worth checking out. Um, they're, I, I love that Disney Plus does those. Um, I can't think of any el- anything else to throw into uh, pop culture. We've actually only been recording for 30 minutes, so not bad. <laughs> yeah, well, it's off-season. Yes, it is, and we're missing Devin, which would have added an element that would have probably had us going longer, which is okay. Devin, again, yeah. we miss you. So uh, if there's nothing else to talk about, then let's go ahead and wrap things up. Everyone, we thank you for listening. Please take a moment and leave a review wherever you listen. Uh, We would appreciate it. It gets the word out more and gets us noticed. Uh, Thank you all for your support. We'll talk to you real soon. John, take us out. Bye, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.